Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. The tennis world is down under for the first major of 2023. And today, the quarterfinals begin with plenty of the usual suspects and some new breakout stars all looking to make history. Call it a comeback. Andre Rublev stormed back from match point down to end the team's runa and reach the quarterfinals. Plus, 20-year-old sensation Ben Shelton and fellow American Tommy Paul took care of business, giving the U.S. a first-time trio in the final eight. And in today's edition of Unstrung, John Wertheim marvels at how the tennis flame continues to burn inside Venus Williams. All those stories and much more over the next hour on this Australian Open edition of Tennis Channel Live. The quarterfinals are set in Melbourne and halfway across the world, nearly half of the men's final eight represent the United States. Three future stars all earning their stripes in Australia. Welcome to TC Live, our pregame show to get you ready for all the action every day down under. The featured matches today as the quarterfinals get underway. Defending champ at Wimbledon, Elena Rybakina takes on Yelena Ostapenko, followed by American Seb Korda and Corinne Hatchinoff. Then in the night session, it is the lone American woman left. In singles, Jesse Pagula taking on Victoria Azarenka, followed by Stefano Tsitsipas and Yuri Lahechka. There's Hollywood herself. Vika Azarenka has won 46 in a matches here. That's two that came in quarterfinals that went on to titles here. She says she adores Jess Pagula. Well, we'll see what happens today. As for Seb Korda, back on Rod Laver after a fifth set match tiebreak in the fourth round, facing Corinne Hatchinoff tonight. Just cool, calm, collected, rolling in. As we welcome you back into our studios here in Santa Monica, California, Steve Weissman, the Hall of Famer Lindsey Davenport from 60 Minutes and Sports Illustrated, John Wertheim, and former pro, our global correspondent, Prakash Worldwide Amitraj <laughs> himself. How about this? First time since 2003, American men into the quarterfinals at the Australian Open. Uh, they're not the folks you may have picked either. We'll get into all of that. But first, Pete, what was your biggest thing that stood out yesterday? Well, i got to go back 12 months. And 12 months ago, Novak Djokovic went through the worst time of his life, deportation from Australia. And Alex Deminara said, you know what, I'm, I'm ready for this circus to be over because it was occupying all the media and so forth. And let me tell you something. Novak Djokovic <laughs> is no clown, and that brother does not forget. Five games he gave Alex Deminara yesterday, and scarier than that, he said, I didn't feel a thing with my hamstring. Guys feeling unbelievable and a fully healthy Novak Djokovic giving away five games and just doing exactly what he wanted. Scary stuff for the rest of the draw. I thought it was going to be captivated by the American men's matches. We had Shelton that was playing J.J. Wolf. We also had Tommy Paul that was going to be in action. I did not think it was going to be Andre Rublev and Holger Rune, <laughs> who was going to leave me captivated watching tennis yesterday. That match was so up and down, so many twists and turns. It was like you crash TV. You could not turn it mm. off. 
Um, it was a crazy match and one that got me watching the whole time. Couldn't believe what ended up happening at the end. See, I'm not going to give my match result away. <laughs> like you gave with Novak. I'm going to just leave it like that as a little Thanks. tease yep. to keep watching. That, that's well, that television <laughs> commentary. I got, got a tease, excited, you know? You know? <laughs> While you were captivated by a Dane and a Russian, perhaps a little more patriotically, <laughs> I was watching the American, as Steve, as you say, three Americans in the final eight. It's not just the number, it's the diversity of style, it's the diversity of path. Only one of them, Seb Korda, is seated. They all play different games. This was a really, really strong tournament for American tennis, and it ain't done. It is not, and he didn't give away the result. Yeah, that was yeah, 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 yeah. Two, two, two and one match. <laughs> well, we're going to give away Djokovic now because that's our first highlight coming up. Novak Djokovic, the only remaining major champ on the men's side. He won this event nine times. Last coming a couple years ago as he wasn't allowed to compete, as Prakash said, in 2022. In fact, he hasn't lost at the Aussie Open in five years. He could have a trophy room at his house just dedicated to those shiny works of art. Looking to win his 25th straight match here, facing the Aussie Alex Dimonor. Said it's been a roller coaster in his matches with that hamstring injury precaution, but this was more of a teacup ride. Certainly was. He was able to do everything he wanted from both sides. I mean, you saw that forehand winner up the line. Here it's the backhand winner up the line. And he was just never under pressure the whole time. Even when you got into some extended rallies here from well behind the baseline, he's able to just generate so much power that Dimonor is not able to control it in. Had a comfortable time in that first set. Two games gives away a breadstick in the second set and it's just rolling through. I mean, that he's taking the serve inside the baseline, ripping it virtually up the middle of the court for a winner. Served well. Two, one, and two. Man looks as serious as it gets. Never faced a break point. Won nearly half his return points. Now just three wins away from that 22nd major title. I didn't feel anything today. So today was great. I, I thank my, my medical team, my physio. I uh, thank God. Um, anybody that really helped me. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I keep on going. Obviously, I don't want to celebrate too early. Um, I'm still in the tournament. I was feeling very good in the first match. Second match, not so great. Um, so I, I know that things can change really quickly. And, you know, I don't take anything for granted. I'm, I'm really pleased with the way I've played, with the way I moved today, with the way I hit the ball. So let's keep it going. Great to hear that from Novak, that he didn't feel the injury at all, Lindsay. When we talk about the GOATs, we always say they get better as the tournament progresses. How would you assess Djokovic's level right now? It was perfect. And I think almost a much-needed win to send that message to the locker room. You, you know, what you don't want to do when you're expected to win and one of those top players is give the locker room hope. Give these players any more reason to believe they can beat you. Maybe that was there after a couple of rounds that he played, but he really shut that door. It's like, nope, I'm back. And he was so emphatic with, nope, didn't feel my leg at all. So let's just bring on good old yeah. hardcore tennis. He knows he's the best hardcore player, especially if he's healthy. He's played a match like he's the favorite, and we hadn't seen that yet from Novak. I don't want to celebrate too early, he said. <laughs> so there's going to be celebration. It's just a question of timing. Uh, there were a couple of tells that he really thinks he's the favorite now, as well he should, certainly statistically. It's funny, we've seen Novak, he's motivated by history and by records and sometimes by, by proving doubters wrong. I don't know if I've seen a match like that in a while. You referenced it 
to start the show where there was something personal. And I, I think there definitely was. And he even made reference to that, sort of saying, you know, listen, I, I respect Dimonor the way I do any other opponent, but I do remember what he said about me. I think that that was a new look for Novak. And if surrendering five games is the, uh, if, if that's the outcome, uh, maybe you ought to do that more often. He, he said it in his interview with Jim after, and, and uh, he said it a couple times in interviews last year as well. He expects to be playing for quite a bit more time. I, I don't think he looks like he's he's at the towards the end of his career. It's a very different situation than where we look at Rafa right now. So, a lot of new young players coming out there. He still wants to get out there and you know establish himself, saying, "Listen, I'm still the guy you guys should be scared of." And and, and he has no. Uh, Things of quitting anytime can we, soon. Can we just dwell on this for like 30 seconds? I mean, you read the stats and they, he's 12 years older than yes. Dimonor, who's a mid-career player, who's not exactly a, a young kid himself. And I think, you know, this, this guy's going to be 36 years old in the spring. <laughs> And we don't talk about his age at all. That is a complete credit to the way he runs his career. That match reinstated his aura. He's yeah. like, when I step yeah. on this court, right. yeah. 35 and a half. You better be scared. Yeah. Only guy in the open era with two winning streaks of 25 matches in a row at the Australian Open. He's won 38 in a row in that country overall. Paul Garuna, last teenager left on the men's side. John taking on Andre Rublev. The winner of this one gets Novak Djokovic. This is the first match of this tournament between two players in the top ten, a repeat of a match played in Paris in the fall that Runa won. And this was a strange one. We can talk about match stats here, but really this is just a couple of clutch moments. We go to a fifth set, and Runa was up 5-2. He's up 5-3 here. He's a game away from what would probably be the biggest win of his career, certainly at a major. And Rublev, to his credit, didn't go away. We talked yesterday about this sort of the generational tension and, and friction here, and that played out in this match. That was a match point on Rublev's service for Rune. Now Rune's up five left for a guy that's got a lot of self-confidence. He sure let a lot of opportunity squander. But putting the Rune with Rune, and Rublev was uh, terrific when he had to be. Again, uh, down five love in this first to ten super breaker. This is how you get your 58th winner of the match. Watch this for a Rune. This was to... Uh, to stay in the match and drills that beautiful backhand power up to nine all three hours and 36 minutes in but this is match point for Rublev this is his 58th error he'll take it and on to the quarters and a date with Djokovic yeah so this is the first time he's ever won a match like this a seventh Grand Slam quarterfinal for Rublev still looking for his first trip to the final four Let's take a look at his comeback for the Russian down 4-1 down 5-2 save two match points down five love in the match tiebreak was able to come back and make his way into the final eight can still barely believe it i was thinking that for sure it's over but uh, at least i was telling to myself like at least not like in the Roland Garros when i completely give up like just at least try to play play better than there so and then from seven to i played some good rallies i I catch where he was serving and I return well and uh, I serve also well I make aces so and yeah the last point I don't know it was never happened to me in my life and that was the luckiest probably moment cannot be better moment than this love that 
Breaks it down really well. On the women's side, clash of two players on seven match winning streaks. Arena Sabalenka, Belinda Bencic, Lindsay. Sabalenka hasn't dropped a set yet this year. Yeah, and that was the one break to serve Belinda Bencic would get in the match. Had a 4-2 lead in the first set, and then Philly was all over. Sabalenka started to dial it back a little bit more, and there were some concerns about the power of Sabalenka and how would Bencic handle that. Well, she didn't handle it well. It was very tough for her to get a clean strike on any of the shots and it was all Sabalenka when she is serving this well and she's also hitting her ground strokes this heavy it is going to be tough for anyone to be her combine that with this new mindset much more focused not getting upset uh, I think we're looking at a Grand Slam trophy here pretty soon for Sabalenka strong words and it certainly does look that way 32 winners more than double the amount of Benchich serving well embracing that calm on court First quarterfinal in Melbourne for Arena Sabalenka. Well, Donna Vekic has found a resurgence this week with our Pam Shriver in her corner, playing 17-year-old Linda Frukertova, who could be the youngest Aussie Open quarterfinalist in 25 years. And this was all Vekic in the first set, really just overpowered Frukertova. But Frukertova started to play better in the second set, started to read the shots of Vekic a little bit more. Vekic started to get tired also in the second set. It was a much hotter day in Melbourne, and it was starting to affect Vekic. And Fubertova with all the shots enjoying this time here in Melbourne. Vekic, though, went off court after losing the second set and actually got a warning for delay of game. She took so long, but she was able to get it back in the third set. Big weakness of the Czechs game was that second serve. Only won about 30% of her second serve points. Vekic got aggressive again at the end, and what a win it was for Donna. Great week for Fubertova, but for Donna Vekic, first major quarterfinal since 2019. You can see how much it means to her. Look forward to breaking down her match against Sabalenka tomorrow. Right here on TC Live at 5 p.m. Eastern. Live tennis starts on ESPN2 at 9 o'clock Eastern. Encore coverage. Wake up a little earlier, 6 a.m. Eastern, with Brett Haber and Paul Anacone here on Tennis Channel. Still ahead, an All-American College Tennis Showdown that went the distance. All the highlights from Ben Shelton and J.J. Wolf next. TC Live at the Australian Open is brought to you in part by Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. And by Bet365, the world's favorite sports book. Welcome back to TC Live. Another gorgeous day in Melbourne Park. The quarterfinals starting today at the top of the hour. Can't wait for that. As we bring you back into our studio, Steve Weissman with you. In 1966, the Beach Boys released Good Vibrations. Batman debuted on TV, and Arthur Ashe made his first major final. Well, 57 years later, a new tennis superhero is bringing the good vibes to Melbourne. Ben Shelton is the first NCAA singles champ to make the following year's Aussie Open quarterfinal since the legendary Ash himself. For more stories like that, make tennis.com your online information source throughout the tournament and the entire 2023 season. Right now, Steve Tigner has your three to see on day nine of the Australian Open. And Zachary Cohen has your tips in betting central. Now time for the daily forecast with Fox Weather. 
I'm Fox Weather's Jason Fraser, and here is today's Australian Open forecast. We're looking at the weather over in Melbourne, Australia. Plenty of sunshine for our tennis pros with highs in the low 80s. You can download the Fox Weather app or stream Fox Weather from your favorite connected TV device. Thanks, Jason. Still to come, Tommy Paul playing the biggest match of his career and looking to set up an all-American quarterfinal. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Back on TC Live, day nine of the Australian Open. That means the beginning of the quarterfinals. Big day in Melbourne. The American party continues down under Tommy Paul. Looking to make his first major quarterfinal, taking on Roberto Bautista Agut Prakash. Only beaten him one time in four meetings, but that was their only meeting last year, four and four in Paris, and kept up that momentum to start things. Really just looks a, a bit more comfortable in his game, getting a little bit more juice on that forehand, moving around the court really well, sneaks out a second break here, really looks keyed in, takes that first set, 6-2. You can tell that he's just making better decisions out there, thinking a little bit more on the court, picking bigger targets, and really waiting for his opportunity to go after the ball. Drops that second set, 6-4 to Agut, but keeps the pressure right back on in that third set. I love the way he's turning on that forehand side. You can't really tell where he's going to hit it, and he's just not trying to pull the trigger too early. Can't say that enough. Able to get the break here, five ball in this fourth set. And again, wearing Bautista Agut down a little bit. A bunch more errors than you're used to seeing from Bautista Agut. He has put in a lot of miles in this event. And at the end, a little DJ Khaled. Sorry, not sorry. Weisman. Another one. We saw one earlier in the show as well. Rublev on a match point. Tommy Paul just going about his business. How about 11 straight wins against Spanish opponents? 58 winners to just 35 for RBA. What stands out to you, Pete? Well, look at that. Plus 12 in a four-set match against Roberto Bautista Agut. You are making really good decisions there. 58 winners, that's a ton against a guy who gets a ton of balls back. And able to do that while you keep your unforced errors down to 46. Good stuff. Meantime, Gators and Buckeyes with their eyes on this one. Ben Shelton, J.J. Wolf doing battle for a spot in the final eight, Lindsay. Uh, we had no idea what to expect in this match. Such a huge opportunity for both, but we saw the shot making from Shelton and the athleticism. J.J. Wolf in this first set breaker, just a little bit too solid for Ben Shelton. I'm not sure what was going to happen in this. A lot of pressure on both of them. And then yeah, Wolf man. gets the first set. You think, okay, he's going to relax a little bit. But a great comeback from Shelton. We go to the four-set breaker, and this was the tiebreak where things turned around for Ben Shelton. He served fantastic through this match. Didn't play the tiebreaks great until that fourth set. Sends it to a fifth. He's got the stadium rocking. He kept his energy up, and he was able to get a break early in the fifth set and then really cruise from there. 
64 winners in the match for Ben Shelton. You talk about how well he served. He only faced two break points this entire match, saved both of them. You see the energy, the atmosphere on John Kane Arena is next level. And they were getting up for the former Gator. First trip outside the U.S. continues for another day. Ben Shelton into the quarterfinals. Well, yeah, it was definitely a grueling match. Uh, there was a lot of swings throughout the match. It was going to him and then me and then him and then me. And uh, I really focused on in the fifth set just being energetic, uh, trusting my fitness, and uh, just hustling, being courageous. And I thought I did a really good job of competing at the highest level in the fifth set. All right, taking a look at our final eight on the men's side. Quarter there, taking on Hatchinoff today, Sitsipas Lehechka. And then we've got the All-American. We're guaranteed a U.S. man into the semifinals. Ben Shelton taking on Tommy Paul. Uh, what a run for Ben Shelton. This time last year, 600 in the world, about. Now he's 43 in the live rankings. That's wild. As college tennis tends to uh, accelerate. No, I mean, this has gone very quickly from sort of a, a cute story, keep an eye on this kid, to, whoa, how far can he go now? Um, he's talked about this very openly. He's been great in his press conferences. And has found this real sweet spot between this is amazing, I don't take this for granted, and at the same time, he's conceding nothing. And he's learning about his body, he's learning about his durability, best of five sets against, you know, against flying J.J. Wolf. That's a really nice performance to get through. He's only three matches from winning a title, and this has sort of gone very quickly to, hey, NCAA champion making waves, to wait a second, this guy's in the final eight with a real chance at the final four. It's I'm a great story. Incredible. You were saying, Prakash, this guy could have the best forehand in tennis in a year or two? Uh, I certainly think so. I mean, look, right now it's so versatile. Like, I mean, on the run, he's able to get so much juice on it, he's able to find different angles, and sometimes even when he's just behind the baseline, he just muscles it and is still able to create winners from over there. He's a fun guy to watch. When he continues to get a little bit more physical and soak into that body, serve's going to get bigger, forehand's going to get bigger, he's already comfortable at the net. Upside is tremendous. And He's a lefty. How annoying a lefty. You know? I, I think you're right. I mean, his weapons are already off the charts. I mean, we talked about the serve and the forehand. What I like is that then there's not a big hole either. We've seen some players come up that are developed, have this one big weapon, but then you think, oh, okay, if I could get it to maybe their backhand side. His backhand is rock solid. So the weapon is only as good as if you don't have a weakness that brings it down. Doesn't have that in his game. He obviously has that energy and that electricity. And that thing you can't teach, which is in a big moment, you are going for it, you embrace the crowd. How do you get a crowd in a foreign country to turn and become behind you and support you like you're playing in Gainesville? Very few people could, could ever kind of figure that out. He's figured it out. He has that, that quality you just can't teach. You said it yesterday, and I will give you your props. College tennis. I mean, we talk about all the virtues of playing for college and the extra year and the training. What about the fact that you learn how to channel this energy and alchemize it and sort of stay within yourself but use a crowd? He played that match yesterday like it was a college match. The result speaks for itself. He's a transcendent personality. Yeah. I mean, he can literally put tennis on another level. He keeps this up. And to add to the back end, he's got no weaknesses on the volleys either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's literally a, it's a five-tool tennis player. He's got he's it all. Playing, playing best of five and durability, too. Yeah. A young player, you know, oh, how's he going to be in the fifth? No, he's just fine. <laughs> Energetic, not getting tired, still going after his That shot. was the strongest mm -hmm. set. Yep. That was the strongest yeah, right, set exactly. yesterday. Right. Impressive. Impressive. We'll break down that match against Tommy Paul tomorrow. Let's talk about some of the matches coming up today. Corinne Hatchinoff taking on another American in Seb Korda. Leads the head-to-head, 2-1. 
lost the one time they played the major, but yeah. won the two after that. What do you expect to see? I think since that time, even though Hatchinov didn't make the semis at the Open, Korda has made bigger strides, I think, than Hatchinov. But it's a, it, it's, it's a toss-up between these two. All round, I like Sebi's game a little bit more. Hatchinov really relies on that big serve, that big forehand, backhand is rock solid. I love how much Sebi's coming to the net. He's attacking the net a ton. I think that could be the difference. If he can continue to attack the net, put a little pressure on Hatchinov, not let him be the one being the aggressor, mm. I think he's got a great shot. No shade on uh, Hotchnoff is a very nice player, but boy, if you're Sebi Korda, you, you don't mind that as your match to get into your first major semi. Yeah, and I think for Hatchinoff, too, I mean, he has played maybe some of his best tennis. And we saw that great run in New York. Not easy to then back that up. He also knows this is a heck of an opportunity for him. He went through Nishioka so comfortably. Don't forget, Korda had a very, not only physical, but also emotional battle to win in that tiebreak in the fifth. I, as much as I want to see Korda win, I'm a little bit weary of Hatchinoff, his game, and just where he's at in his career and wanting to keep taking steps. It's a pick'em for me. I don't know. That's a tough one to call. Stefano Tsitsipas taking on Yuri Lehechka before this tournament. Lehechka literally had not won a match at a major. Steph has never lost a quarterfinal at a major. No. Lindsay, what challenges can the Czech present? Well, he's obviously played great. But one thing that Lehechka's done so well, he's been moving around the baseline and able to go from defense to offense with one shot. Just mm. slapping winners when he's on the run. He's got a lot of power. I don't know. Tsitsipas presents different challenges though for players he can serve and volley yeah. he can stay back he can decide to back up on returns we've seen him chip charge and I think that throws a lot of players off their game I also think he's gone through this draw pretty quietly yes we talk about him a little bit but other people other players have been the headlines he has not I think he likes that he has the crowd support be shocked if he didn't get through this we talk sometimes about mental accounting and players anticipating certain scenarios. You know, you're a you win this five-set match, I've got feel. Oh, no, it's not Felix. It's Laheshka, someone I, I barely know who had not won a Grand Slam match coming in here. I mean, on the one hand, you're Sitsipas, I couldn't have lined up better. A lot more variables, though, when you've got such a wild-card opponent like this. I think Steph is at the point where he has enough experience and been through this enough where he is going to come out, play one of his better matches, and get through this quite comfortably. But as Martina pointed out earlier this week, Lehechka is pretty proficient at net, and no one has really put Steph in a position where he has to pass all day off, that, off that one-handed yeah. backhand side. No one really has that game. If Lehechka can maybe get a little out of his comfort zone, do that a bit more, that's going to be his best shot. But again, as you said, John, hasn't won a match in a Grand Slam leading up to this. This is a great result. Steph, meanwhile, is looking for that trophy. Yeah, Lehechka's got nothing to lose. He actually took a set off of Sitsipas in Rotterdam last year. Steph came back to win that one in three. Looking forward to both of those matches. Looking forward to breaking down some more here on TC Live. But first... Despite being twice the age of the world number one, Venus Williams continues to win. We go unstrung on the living legend. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Welcome back. For the past 30 years, Venus Williams has been playing professional tennis. She beat Katie Bollinets earlier this year in Auckland, a player who hadn't been born when Venus won her first major title. John Wertheim reports on the most decorated pro left on tour. It was the last of the four majors she played for the first time. Though fresh from reaching the U.S. Open final, she made a right turn when she boarded the plane for Melbourne. Do you know how much business class tickets cost? Her mother asked, dumbfounded. Venus Williams, still a teenager, reached the Australian Open quarterfinals that year. That was 24 years ago, nearly a quarter century removed from today. Somehow, Venus, age 42, again, age 42, is still at it. She still finds nourishment playing tennis, and so on she goes. But why is she still out there, entering tournaments against players, including the current number one, who are literally half her age? She has her reasons, she has her goals, and as long as that's the case, how do you not marvel? With Serena's absence, Venus becomes the active WTA player with the most major singles titles. Seven. Yes, her last big prize may have come 15 seasons ago. But by carrying out her duties in her own way, on her own timetable, for her own reasons, you can make the case that she has never stopped winning. Look at this career. Seven-time Grand Slam champion. Never lost a doubles major final with sister Serena. One title away from 50 in her career. More than 800 match wins. Olympic gold. Three-time gold medalist in women's doubles. All the money that she has made. Queen V, tennis royalty indeed. Uh, Prakash, you know her quite well. W what do you think keeps her going? <laughs> you know, it's something as simple as how much she actually loves the game. I mean, she, whether it's, it's playing doubles, whether it's a smaller event, whether it's a grand slam, she genuinely just loves tennis. And I don't know actually how many players in, in the top 100, 200 who may have fallen in love with it to start, mm -hmm. but how long that stays. Right. You know, it fades at some point. Sometimes you take it for granted that you get to do this. That's, that's never been the case with Venus. And, you know, look, there are so many things to be so proud of when you look back at Venus's career, uh, you know, her fight for equal uh, prize money at Wimbledon and so forth. But, you know, I look back and I don't think there's one moment where she's not proud of the way she behaved on a court. Mm. You know, she carried herself so marvelously all the way through. She's been an inspiration to boys and girls all the way, all around the world. And she's just, she's just did it with so much dignity. I think as long as she wants to play, we should just cherish every single moment and, and enjoy it. Yeah, well said. Uh, what do you think we should expect from her this year? We saw her get a win against Katie Volleynuts in that tournament in Auckland. Yeah, I think most people were kind of putting her on that retirement list when her sister retired at the U.S. Open. And it was nice to see her start there. We had such great hopes. Oh, she's going to play in the Australian Open. We're not actually sure what happened in Auckland. Obviously, it rained a ton. These matches went indoors. She didn't say what injury um, made her withdraw then from the Australian Open. It is very rare that a player that's won in the world and has won all those majors is willing to still be around when most likely they probably aren't going to win another major. Mm. You know, most of the that's kind of when the players that are used to winning are like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I've been there. 
And as Prakash was saying, she loves the sport so much more. It's not really about the wins. It's not about, oh, I'm going to win Wimbledon again. I would think that she wants to play, she's going to play where she wants to play. And maybe that is just the majors and maybe that's just the tournaments in the States. I mean, we don't know. She doesn't let us in all that much. Um, but I, I think we're definitely going to see her again. I, but imagine she's going to commit to all the way through the U.S. Open. Yeah, and I don't see a tournament, John, if she wants to get in, not giving her a wild card. Yeah, I think she's earned her right uh, to play wherever she wants, and I think tournaments will, uh, will comply with that. I mean, it's just you, you just think about the math here. I mean, her last major was almost 15 years ago. And when she was starting out, if you said, hey, listen, this is going to be a trailblazer, you'd say, yeah, I can see that. You said, this is going to be someone who ushers in power tennis. Yeah, I can see that. This is someone who's going to stand for longevity, who's still going to be playing 25 years from now. You'd say, come on. Um, it's, it's totally on brand that Venus would outlive Serena in tennis terms. I mean, nothing is done by conventional thinking, by conventional timetables. It's kind of wild that she's going to be 43 years old and we're talking about her as an active player. But, like, I mean, why not? I mean, if she finds fulfillment, great. Play as long as you want. She loves this part. I have a friend who actually was at a karaoke bar in Florida and went up to her like, oh, I plays tennis, played college tennis. Like, you're Venus Williams. You want to hit? And Venus was like, yeah, come, come here tomorrow morning. Well, they hit. She really? loves but tennis. Anyway, I know we're all talking about her tennis, but if anyone's lucky, lucky enough to see her karaoke <laughs> game, that might be more impressive than all those Wimbledon titles. I'm yeah, not, talk not, about not it. messing around. Serena, Serena would travel with oh, the oh, karaoke it's a serious, machine. It's a serious situation. <laughs> how do we get on the karaoke? How, how, how do you stand up there? Oh, I, I go up for the comedic relief. You know, we let Venus and Serena and Isha do all the serious numbers. And when everyone wants a good laugh, they put me up to sing. And then, you know, everyone has a good laugh. But 42 years old and seven majors is really tremendous. No, just trying to steer things back. Oh. What's, your, what's your biggest memory from, from competing against her? Oh, my gosh. Played her so many times. You know, my, my best memories was actually getting to play on some of the Fed Cup teams, as it was mm. called back then, and Olympic teams, because didn't really get a chance to get to know them. And especially in the beginning, when both Venus and Serena came up, they really stuck together. I think as they started to get older, they started to really kind of take control of the locker room and really become the leaders. But in the beginning, they really kept to themselves. And all of a sudden, we'd find ourselves at, at a week-long event practicing together with Billie Jean as captain and Monica and you know, all these other great players, then you got a chance to actually get to know them, you know, as teenagers. And they were always laughing, always making jokes with each other. It, it was it was actually kind of, like, nice to then not be pitted against them always. You know, playing for big titles or playing at the end of tournaments to actually be working together as a team. And we had a Fed Cup tie um, just the week after Serena won the U.S. Open. And it was a su major surprise at that time that Serena won a major first. You mm -hmm. know, everyone expected it would be Venus. And it was a lot of media and a lot of emotions, I think, on every which side for the team. And Billie Jean did an unbelievable job that whole week of kind of keeping this all together, helping Venus. We're also all celebrating Serena. Um, those are my favorite memories of both Venus and Serena, but especially Venus. Right. I love this component of the whole Williams story. That it started out as this sort of this monolith and this this Williams Williams and fans wouldn't know who to root for. And then in turn, they really developed distinct personalities. They stayed as close as ever, They're inextricably bound. But I think it's great that Venus did not retire when Serena did, as a lot of people suspected. It must be very weird for her to be out there without Serena as the companion, the practice partner, sometimes the doubles partner. But I think that's kind of part of a bigger piece of this story, that they started out as sort of us against the world, and then they became two. No one confuses Venus with Serena anymore, and it's a fitting that they didn't go out together.
Uh, Lindsay, you talk about, you know, how close they are together. I've been fortunate enough to spend a lot of time with the family. And for me, the most special thing is, is how close-knit everyone in the family is. And I think that's actually been the largest reason for their success. Look, they came on at a time which, which it wasn't always easy for all the different situations they were in in tennis. And to be able to weather that and then still go on to create the kind of history that they did... You can't really do that unless your 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 code, you know, what what what's your beliefs that you believe in so emphatically are so strong within you, and so much of that comes from the family ties that they have, and it's it's one of the most beautiful things to see. And I think as they've gotten older as well, you know, everyone's gotten a chance to really get in and see that as they've shared it a bit more. Right. It's a it's a pretty special thing. All, all four sisters. You never yeah. had a sense of drama or friction Absolutely. or rivalry. Absolutely. It was always start to finish, always this unit. Yeah, absolutely. And she showed us more of that on social media these days and also with the videos with coaching. And so it's exciting to see if she's happy playing. uh, We should all be so grateful to witness one of the all time greats for as long as she wants to play tennis. More still to come here on TC Live. We've got our John Wertheim stat of the day. You don't want to miss Bet 365's match preview of the day. Some props as well. And it's a new segment. Guaranteed winners. Who are they picking? But first, Caroline Garcia running into some turbulence in her quest to reach the Aussie Open quarterfinals as an unlikely Polish player is the last one remaining. Back on TC Live, time for some dubs. Coco Golf, Jesse Pagula, the two seats in doubles. Jesse says she likes playing doubles instead of a regular practice on her off days. Coco says staying to play doubles helps her get over that singles loss. All good things continue, Prakash. Great example there of why doubles is helping your singles game. That point right there, Coco smacking that forehand, coming in, finishing off with a volley. Jessica Gula getting to work on her return here as well. They were down a break early, managed to come back. 5-4 ahead with a set point here. Jesse with some nice hands there. Put her opponent at the net. Coco finding the middle. No, I can't let the ball go up the middle. Always the place you got to cover in doubles. Second set action, a little bit more straightforward here. Some good returning from Pagula and Goff. Exactly the kind of day you'd want if you're Jesse Pagula and you're in between singles matches. Nice, relaxed, not too strenuous, and a little, a little lighthearted fun to close things out as well. <laughs> Pagula still alive to win singles and doubles would be the first since. Barbora Krejcikova, Roland Garros. Uh, so taking a look, Golf Pagula get the 11 seeds next. Former UCLA star Anna Shibahara in this section as well. Pagula back to singles. Former USC star Juliana Olmos and Gabby Dabrowski taking on Alan Ka- Anna Kalinskaya and Caroline Dullahide today on Margaret Court Arena. Strange setup there. All right, former world number one Carolina Pliskova hasn't dropped a set, looking to reach back-to-back major quarterfinals facing Zhang Shui, who is 7-0 against her. John. Stage of four. Look at that. Pliskova actually the higher seed in this one. This is someone who reached a Wimbledon final 18 months ago, two U.S. Open finals. She's no longer the player. Used to be number one. She's no longer close to that in the rankings, but her major results have been great. Look at this. Uh, very nice, easy first set. Dropped a six-love cantaloupe and then came back in the second. More good stuff. She had 12 aces in just eight service games. Very clean tennis for Pushkova. Should we be talking about her more or now north of 830 as of the window shut? Regardless, she's been terrific here in Australia. Again, this is the fourth time in 18 months she's played deep into a major. So never mind her 
30th seeding, which is rather modest. She looked terrific, and onward she rolls. 33 winners, 11th career Grand Slam quarterfinal for Carolina Pliskova. Still looking for that first major title. Lindsay, Caroline Garcia hoping to make the final eight for the first time in Melbourne, playing Magdalenette, who had never been past the third round of a major before this year. Well, and Steve, she started this match like a favorite to win the title, and that was about the only time of the match she played like a favorite for the title. Up three love, two breaks. And then let it kind of go away. And again, she also is getting really frustrated, but she wasn't making the changes necessary. She's a very aggressive player, but when the errors are coming, sometimes you got to dial it back, and Garcia just refused to do that. Magda Lynette, very solid player. She's been around for a long time, known to maybe get a little bit nervous on the big occasions. Didn't have to worry about that today because Garcia just kept missing shots on big points. And Lynette, with the biggest win of her career, able to get through. And Garcia, this one has got to hurt. She was a favorite to win this title and went out pretty tamely. How about the last remaining Polish player is not Iga Swiatek or Hubie Hercotz. It's Magda Lynette. Wow. Into the quarterfinals. Impressive stuff. So, looking at the final eight on the women's side. Lindsay, some surprises. Oh, it's, uh, crazy, but I feel like we say that over most yeah, women's exactly. Grand Slam draws now. Always kind of you get these players you're not expecting. Really impressed with Pliskova. It's not easy to have your ranking start to fall. You have injuries. You're getting older. Her twin sister had a baby. You start thinking about, okay, maybe I'm done. Nice effort, nice work she put in the preseason to give herself a chance at this Australian Open. Absolutely. Working with Sasha Bain right now, doing a fantastic job getting her back into the quarterfinals in Australia. The winners today are on to the semifinals. So let's break down those matches. Starting with the American, Jesse Pagula taking on Victoria Azarenka, our Tennis Express head-to-head, -head, two apiece. Pagula won their last match, semifinals of Guadalajara last year, but... She's never won a Grand Slam quarterfinal, Lindsay. 0-4 in, in the quarters. Make the case for Pagula to win this one. Oh, it's changing today. Mm. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think her expectations, I think her belief in herself, and I think her game as well, all of those have risen pretty drastically in the last 6 to 12 months. This is the player who believes she should be there now. This is a player that's worked very hard to get her ranking up to three. I think Pagula, with no big weaknesses, and she's just been a rock mentally, I think she gets through. And let's not forget, this is just, as you said, Lindsay, this is a different Jesse Pagula who's coming in today, aside from those previous quarterfinals that she's had. And if you just go down the X's, as John does, with, with form, I just think Jesse's looking better in each section than Vika. Vika struggled a little bit more to get here. Jesse's looked pretty relaxed most of the way through. She is a complete realist. Some players sort of tell themselves these stories. There's a bit of delusion. She knows exactly what the deal is. She knows she's the highest remaining seed. She knows she's playing well. She's still in the doubles. She ought to win this. And I think uh, this is a big opportunity. I think she's going to seize it. All right. Everybody picking Pagula here. The guaranteed locks are coming up later on the show. You don't want to miss. Oh, boy. You, are, you, you put, all, put the house on because they're locking it in. Just like the United Cup team did. Jesse Pagula still still part of Team Lock. Only one left. Only one team. left from right. Team Lock. Jagger Leach too, though. <laughs>to John Prakash, Steve, back with our Bet365 match preview, breaking down Corinne Hatchinoff and Seb Korda. John, what do you make of these odds? Korda is favored. Ooh, 
man, this is really a pick a match, isn't it? I mean, you could see any scenario. The range of outcome here is, is really vast. I mean, Quota's form, probably better. Very comparable in size, these two. Veteran top shot. I, I think that's about right. But boy, um, I, you guys tell me. This is a really hard one to pick if you're me. Really, as you said, really similar. I had Corda at a slight favorite also. I just think his versatility coming into flow these last six, seven months in such a great offseason is going to get him through over the line. So if I am put to the test, I am going to, if I have to make a pick, I will pick Corda, but it, it's going to be a dogfight out there. Yeah, I've got concerns. I, I want Sebi, but remember how we talked about how he got off to a slow start because he finished so late against Medvedev? That kind right. of just threw him off a little bit. Of course, he's late afternoon again. I have concerns, though, that playing five sets to a fifth set breaker might have taken just a little too much out of him. We'll see. Uh, he, what does he need to do to win? What's, what's the case? He's sir, got to, and that was the big problem at Wimbledon, right? He's got broken, like, I don't know, six a lot times at one right. set. Yeah. He's got to be able to stand the line and hold the serve. Hatchinoff's a great server, not easy to break him every time. Coco Golf back. coming back in the house into the quarterfinals in doubles, and we'll be supporting Jesse Pagula as well. We've got those guaranteed lock picks coming up next on TC Live. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You hear the music, you know what it means. Favorite segment. What is our stat of the day, John? All right, we talked talk about Novak Djokovic saying, my tournament, how about tennis comprehensively saying, you know what, our nerve center is still in Europe and in the United States. Uh, global sport, right? Number two player in the world is from Africa. We have a defending champion who is from Australia. This tournament, though, very sort of narrow. We have four Americans and 12 Europeans, and that's it. Only two continents represented in the singles draws so far. Love this global sport. Not so global right now. Oh. Give Jerry Shang a couple more years. Hey, what happened go. to that new right. star coming out of Antarctica? I that federation's got to get their act together. Put their shot Hot of the day. shot of the day, Brooke. All right, so Ben Sheldon near court starts off with a little defense. J.J. Wolf pounding away. He's able to turn it around here, start cranking a few forehands. But when he gets the short ball, shows some nice feel. Great get from J.J. This ball is behind Benny. Should really only be able to go up the line. But somehow, with that limber wrist, is able to give it a little hook shot. Goes right back behind J.J. Wolf. And a very, very difficult shot made to look pretty easy. Man, the kid can play. Scale of 1 to 10, how tough is that lens? Oh, I, I couldn't have done it, so. All right, 11. <laughs> no, no, no. I enjoyed the other no, but I wouldn't right. know because I have, could never have no. done it. So you're saying if you were in a lefty? Yeah. That's, that's exactly. Quarterfinal start today. Rybakina, Ostapenko, Hatchinov, Korda, Pagula, Azarenka, Sitsipas, Lehechka. Nice slate that we have. On Rod Labor Arena, now that we have reached the quarters, our experts will be making a guaranteed winner pick every single day here on out. Prakash, lead us off. <laughs> Where do I start? Where do I start? Well, uh, listen. Guaranteed in the round of eight. I already started. All right, what do you got? Oh, let's just go. <laughs> and Rybakina. Yeah. Former French champ and the current Wimbledon champ. 
Ostapenko has not lost to Rabakina. Never. But today is going to be the day, my friend. <laughs> I think the way Rabakina is serving, the way she's striking from the baseline, I don't think Ostapenko is mm. going to be able to generate the kind of offense she did against Coco. And uh, I'm going with the Wimby chip. All right. As it is written, you can't beat the number one player in the world and lose to Ostapenko. Exactly right. right. Exactly right. I'm gonna, it's a rule. It's a, it's a rule. It's a good one, John. I don't know. I, I could go the other way on that one. Uh, <laughs> Lindsay, what, what's your guarantee? Well, and I should say, I did get first pick yeah. of all the matches, right. and so I what took Sitsi Pass. Yeah. I, I like his game. I like where he's at. I like his mindset. Taking, I feel like Laheshka could be a little bit overwhelmed for singles match out on labor in that kind of environment. Taking the veteran, I'm going with Steph. If, if there was ever a guarantee today, and Prakash is the one you wanted as well, yeah. in my opinion, it, I, I don't know, I don't get a pick. It would be Stefano Tsitsipas. John, who you got? I think you got to go with the highest remaining seed in the women's draw. All credit to Vika Azarenka. I mean, I feel like we haven't talked about her enough. I mean, she won this event back-to-back -back 10 and 11 years ago. So great to see her in her mid-30s playing at, at this level. But I think the run stops today against Pagula, who, again, is so dialed in. I think it's great that she's playing doubles on her off days. I think she beat Iga Shvantec coming and then didn't even have to play her to get to the stage. She's really good at playing to her seeding. She's now seeded third. So at a minimum, I mean, I think she wins the title, but at a minimum, she ought to play to her seeding and get to the semis. That would mean winning today. That would mean her first career major semifinal. Another big step for Jess Pagula. Uh, we do want to wish Nick Kyrgios very well. He, uh, Posted this photo, uh, even though he's not in Aus the Australian Open. I'm still number one. I'm still number one. We blurred it. We blurred it out for you. Injury. Uh, has surgery complete for God. You know, this is this is actually, I think, if I know Nick well, this is a tribute to a very famous Tupac picture where he's all he's all bandaged up and uh, he's got a little bit of a blurry hand situation going on in that picture too. But <laughs> I, I think it could be a tribute to Pac. Okay. Was Tupac uh, helping, uh, checking in and sending the vibes, or is that something special? No, it's honestly, it's nice to see, uh, nice to see Nick still following this tournament. He's been tweeting about the matches, right. but yeah. you know, for for a guy who is defending doubles champion, coming off a Wimbledon final, what a disappointment that he didn't post for this event. Or yeah, and the doubles as well for mm -hmm. for Kokonakis, but he was watching all of Tanasi's matches, staying up late for that. When do you think we see him back on the court? Listen, I really hope he's able to come back for this hardcore swing here in the states. He, I've said it so many times for all the grief he gets, for all the fan love he gets. I think he's great for the game. He's so fun to watch and just, just want him back soon. What do you yeah. think, Clint? Did tournament miss him? Oh, yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, they still did well and attendance was still broken, but there's certain players that can move the needle. And that's what we were talking about earlier with Ben Shelton, just because he has that quality. Mm -hmm. Nick, in a different way, has the ability mm -hmm. to get people to watch tennis that maybe ordinarily wouldn't. I t completely agree with that. Yep. He's on Netflix. Quarterfinals. <laughs> they're all gone. They're yeah. all gone. The Netflix curse. I suppose it is real. Quarterfinals start today. Cannot wait for that action. We will break it all down for you tomorrow on TC Live at 5 o'clock Eastern. The encore coverage with Brett and Paul is one hour earlier at 6 a.m. Eastern in the morning. John Wertheim, Lindsay Davenport, Prakash Amitraj, our entire team. I'm Steve Weissman. Thanks for watching TC Live. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Thank you.